This is the Shopify Dropify, hosted by The Cut. Uh, the feature set that's available in them and, and the, the way that they make it easy for you to set up and get going with automation, um, it's almost guaranteed that you're going to make more revenue if you're using those platforms and that actually that improved revenue you make is more than going to make up for the cost. Usually approach or tackle for our clients uh, two series, the Ben and Cart series and the onboarding or nurture series. So um, the two biggest metrics I think that most people come to us looking to improve are their conversion rates and their customer lifetime value. Because we often see that some of the highest converting emails for merchants, when we set up that longer tail series, it might be that brand story email, which is email three, um, two or three days after they've signed up. It can be a really compelling message if you have it. Welcome to the Shopify Dropify, hosted by The Cut, to help e-commerce businesses with interviews and insights from experts and merchants. Hello and welcome to The Cut. My name is Ben DeJong. I'm a director at The Cut. Uh, we do a lot of work with Shopify. Um, as you just heard, a few snippets from Jason from Anzen. They're a customer engagement specialist operating out of Brisbane. Um, this interview is really, really interesting. If you're looking at um, uh, enhancing or building out your automations, your email marketing, um, this podcast will be really, really fascinating for you. Uh, Jason goes into quite a lot of detail, very, very useful insights. Um, there are lots of ROIs to be delivered by building out your e-commerce um, and specific email marketing channels, automation, segmenting your customers, giving them information that they want to hear, um, the improvements it can make to sales, customer engagement, re- getting customers to return to purchase from your business again. It's pretty amazing. It's a conversation we have a lot with our uh, clients and with Shopify merchants. Um, So jump right in. Um, Thanks for listening. If you'd like to feature on our podcast, just get in touch with a cut anytime. We're happy to set up an interview. Um, And without uh, mucking around anymore, let's hear from Jason from Anzen on automations and email marketing for e-commerce. Thank you, guys. Okay. Hi there, Jason. Please introduce yourself. Um, tell us about Anzen and what you do there. And also, welcome aboard. Thanks very much, mate. It's great to be here. Uh, yeah, so my name is Jason Anderson and I'm the general manager at Anzen. Anzen is a customer journey agency, so we specialize in marketing automation and creating customer journeys that can increase your e-commerce store's conversion rate and ultimately the lifetime value that you're able to generate from your customers. Very, very good. Uh, I obviously know what you guys do, so that's more for the benefit of our audience. Uh, and yeah. you were over here in Perth just a week ago, so we got to meet in person at our latest uh, Shopify meetup, which was cool. How did you find the night? Yeah, I loved it. It was really good. Um, it was a nice event, a good number of people. Um, but the content was really good. And um, I love Perth. It's probably one of the cities that's a bit closer to Brisbane uh, in terms of what it's like. So it, it feels nice and homely for me. Um, yeah, it's yeah, a Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a good city, good vibe, good food, good drink, everything that an Australian wants out of a city, really, and a beach. Very, very good to hear, mate. You, uh, you're winning yourself the hearts and minds of us WA natives with that sort of talk. Yeah, yeah, good. I'm um, glad to get you over to Brisbane. 
Uh, for sure, my sister lives there actually. Yeah. Um, so tell us when did Anzen launch and can you describe the business and, you know, your mission and what you're um, aiming to deliver to deliver for your clients? Yeah, absolutely. So we're actually a little bit unique, I guess, as an agency in, uh, for some of the other ones that we've met in Australia. So we actually uh, almost a decade ago were the Australian office of an email marketing software. Um, so that okay. software was based in the UK. It was called Sign Up To. Um, it was a pretty big uh, email marketing platform over there, similar uh, in type to Mailchimp. And okay. um, one of our directors was one of the early staff members of that business over in London. And when he moved back to Australia, he brought uh, the company here and set up the Australian office. And uh, Simon and I uh, were the first two hires um, working with Brendan. Um, and the three of us are actually the, um, the managers here now at Anzan today. So we were the Australian office for a couple of years. And uh, that platform, Sign Up 2, actually ended up being acquired by GoDaddy. And okay. when that happened, we were able to sort of negotiate to keep our clients and, and a licensing deal for the platform. But that ultimately let us uh, establish the agency in Australia where we started rather than just working as a platform, uh, actually taking all of our really deep knowledge on email marketing and email automation and being able to offer that as a service from a consultation point of view. Right. Uh, but expand that out and be really platform agnostic. And so we were able to very quickly start working with all these other platforms, you know, not just sign up to. Um, and then from there, over the course of about probably the last four years, um, we started to specialize a lot more in e-commerce. Um, so branching out as well away from just email and SMS, which was sort of a lot of what we were doing uh, for clients in the B2B space to focusing sure. more on e-com, focusing more in, in digital, um, looking at messenger marketing and WhatsApp and things like that. Um, okay. And to where we are today, where now we really are focused e-commerce customer journey agency where um, we very much focus on uh automated digital messaging, uh, so whether that be email campaigns, uh, messenger campaigns, um, SMS campaigns, they still have a role to play. Uh, and, yeah, looking at how we can look at the customer journey from an automated point of view, but also obviously from your ongoing campaign point of view, what can we be using those platforms to do uh, to better target the different customer segments you might have? Brilliant. Well, that's a very comprehensive wrap-up and it kind of explains your progression. I, I saw uh, in, in your bio that you, you – have gone from being a senior account manager to head of operations and now and now general manager and, and being a first hire at Anzen explains that progression, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, back in the day at Sign Up 2, answering phones, um, you know, when it was just uh, Brendan and Simon and I in a little office in a co-working space um, to now with, a, you know, a big warehouse uh, in the city of Brisbane with a, a team of people um, working on, on this uh, specifically so it's been a big journey but um yeah it's been really fun an exciting one and so you, we know you're based in brisbane can you tell us about your geographical reach in terms of the clients you work with sure so we're actually uh something that we're really proud of is the fact that we have a, a bit of a global customer base so um a lot of our customers are based on in australia um and predominantly on the east coast um but we do have a couple of clients in perth um we've got clients in New Zealand, uh, but we've yep. also got clients in Indonesia, in Japan, um, where uh, doing a bit of work with some 
clients in the Philippines at the moment. We've got clients in Canada. We've had clients in the UK and the US as well, and um, a few more uh, that we're starting to work with at the moment. So um, it's, we've got a pretty broad reach, um, which is nice. Awesome. Um, and starting to make inroads into uh, APEX by the sounds of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, we're doing a little bit more in Asia than we have in um, in the last couple of years, which is really nice. Um, you know, it's, it's great for us to be able to expand our reach locally here. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been good getting over to the US and the UK and Canada as well, um, and being able to work with clients over there. I think it's a really nice thing for us uh, and proof of case of how good our work is that um, we've got clients in those regions that are, even though they're not in the same time zone as us, that they've seen our work and they love it and they're willing to work with us. Totally, and it's and it's the way of the digital landscape, isn't it? The digital economy is, is a very global one and, and people are not only flying around the world to work with different people but, you know, flying around the world just to work from different locations, the old yeah, uh, digital nomad syndrome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got some of our clients in Indonesia, um, you know, they're French fashion brands um, and, right. you know, exactly, they're just, they're living in Indonesia now and they and they work remotely and um, they just want to work with the best in the business um, and it's a, a great thing, you know, we're the only uh, master Clavio partner in Australia, um, we're one of the first in the APAC region in general and so, um, you know, we often get people coming to us to say that, you know, they wanted to work with uh, the best in the business when it comes to that platform. Um, For sure. And, you know, we're one of them. So it's, it's great to be in that position. A great testament for you guys. So we like to get into some best advice first and early on because our objective with the podcast is always to give some advice and some um, value learning to the people who are listening in. Most of those will be Shopify merchants or e-commerce business owners. So let's get straight into some uh, awesome and zen advice from you if we can. (laughs) What is the highest value advice you can give to any e-commerce business owner? So obviously say in the in the first instance of first meeting up with someone so the, the first thing that we usually approach or tackle for our clients are two series the event and cart series and the onboarding or nurture series so um the two biggest metrics i think that most people come to us looking to improve are their conversion rates and yep. their customer lifetime value so um the abandoned cart, I guess, process and the, that nurture series, that first interaction that you have with a prospective customer, uh, yep. are two opportunities that you really have to create a strong impression with a customer from the outset and create a customer that's going to be with you long term and ultimately give you a really strong uh, lifetime value. So, um, okay. Abandoned card is is obviously something that everybody should be doing, and, and by now I'd say if, if you haven't at least turned on the the automated abandoned card uh, email in your Shopify settings, you should definitely do that. Um, but even that really isn't isn't enough these days. You know, our customers no, these days, are, isn't yeah, and customers these days are very savvy. You know, um, they're looking for good experiences, and um, particularly if you have a younger demographic. They're conditioned to expect brands to, to meet a certain standard when it comes to that experience. Yeah. So um, usually what I'd recommend doing is ensuring that, first of all, you're working with an email platform that's got the capability to do uh, some things out of the box that you needed to. So um, a platform like Klaviyo or like .digital 
um, just sure. to name a couple, um, are really yeah. good platforms that even though they might have a higher price than something like MailChimp, uh, the feature set that's available in them and, and the, the way that they make it easy for you to set up and get going with automation, um, it's almost guaranteed that you're going to make more revenue if you're using those platforms and that actually that improved revenue you make is more than going to make up for the cost. Yeah, 100%. Um, a, a really simple one that I often talk to merchants about is the abandoned cart. And um, the simplest place to start is um, creating a process where you can segment out people who've never been a customer before and people who have been a customer before. So it's pretty common for me to see people have an abandoned cart email, even if they've gone to the lengths of setting up a couple of reminders, they might put an incentive in their third reminder. But what happens is they condition customers to expect if they abandon their cart, they can wait a couple of days and get 10% off every purchase they ever make. Um, and yes, you're getting a purchase, but ultimately you're just giving away margin all the time and it's margin that you might be able to conserve. So sure. some of the best advice I usually give to people is have a look at what your abandoned cart process is. And if you're using a platform like Klaviyo, um, you can add in a simple condition split and just make sure that the only people getting that 10% discount is your first time customer. And if it's a returning customer and you're willing to give them a discount, as long as their cart is over a hundred dollars or $150, put that split in there as well. Um, yeah. And you might very quickly find that you are saving yourself 10% margin on a lot of checkouts that you otherwise would have discounted. Yeah. Um, but it also gives you an opportunity to really personalize that first customer experience. Um, you know, that when you're offering an incentive to someone who'd never been a customer before, you can write some really specific content in that email that says, you know, we believe in our product and our brand and we would love to have you experience it and we want to give you this incentive so that you can try it out for the first time. It's going to create a much more personal and real relationship with that prospective customer out of the gate. Very, very good advice. Um, so for someone in the startup phase, where do you think they should focus their energy? So this is for a merchant who's, so, you know, either planning or pre-launch or maybe sort of six months into an e-commerce business. Uh, yeah, I definitely said having a strong abandoned cart process but also building a really strong what we would call onboarding process or a nurture series. Okay. Um, so this is the series of emails that somebody's going to get if they complete a pop-up on the website or if they generally sign up. So it's yeah. a pretty common strategy these days to use a platform like Privy um, or maybe even some of the more advanced ones um, like Just Uno and set up a pop-up that might have an offer in it, say 10% off your first order or free shipping or something like that, for example. Um, yeah. So a lot of, for a lot of merchants, it's a case of setting up that pop-up and then setting up the, the one email that might deliver the coupon code and that's sort of it. Uh, but what we know about email is that in the first seven to 10 days, the average open rate is over 50%. So you actually have a one in two chance that every email that you send over that first 10-day period uh, is going to get opened. So yep. it's a really, really important period for you as a merchant to be selling your brand USPs to your prospective customers. So if you have a product that is unique for whatever reason, or if you have a brand that has a culture behind it or a story behind it that is unique and that is going to connect with those customers, yep. uh, you need to be building a longer tail series of emails that conveys that to somebody. Um, because we often see that some of the highest converting emails for merchants, when we set up that longer tail series, it might be that brand story email, which is email three, um, two or three days after they've signed up. Um, can be a really compelling message if you have it. Um, also, if you have a complicated product or a complex 
series of products um, or collections. It's an opportunity to discuss what the different value adds are and potentially get greater card values as well by educating people on how your entire product mix can work together. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Like case studies, testimonials. You have to put yourself in the feet of that new customer. What would they be thinking? What are their barriers to entry? Um, and think about how over that 10-day period could you be removing those barriers, whether that's taking some of the testimonials that you're gathering if you're using one of those great platforms like Akendo, um, take some of those customer testimonials and put them in. Akendo and Klaviyo actually have a great integration so you can automate having your reviews be populated in those emails. Um, making yeah, sure yeah. I, I think um, uh, Scott spoke about that at the meetup, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, some of these tools, you know, you don't have to be a developer or even, you know, a, a seasoned pro um, as a marketer. Um, these platforms are trying to make themselves intelligent enough um, that, you know, a merchant can set this up um, for the first time. So um, the other thing that I would say in that welcome series is, um, again, if you're using something like Klaviyo, you can create a flow where somebody would get the welcome email and they might get the follow-up emails and they'll be dropped out of the flow if they've made a purchase. Um, so you can quite safely set that up knowing that you're not going to pester somebody if they have converted. It's simply you okay. want to go to the people that haven't converted. Sure. And then something that we often recommend is putting a tripwire at the end or what we call a tripwire. So this is where you might add an increased offer um so maybe you've offered 10 percent off for their first purchase in the pop-up and if a week later they still haven't placed an order maybe you want to up the ante a little bit and offer them 15 or 20 percent the idea here is that while you're increasing the value of the discount it's really a last ditch attempt to get them as a customer so okay. you're cutting into your margins a little bit more but you're doing that on the um on the notion that the next time you get an order out of them, that it should be at full margin. So if you're going to take that tactic, it can be a really high value tactic to get people over the line first time. But you need to be keeping in mind as you build out the rest of your customer journey that you're going to have this portion of customers that may have got quite a hefty discount in their first order. Um, So you need to maybe be smart about where and when you're offering discounts in the post-purchase or follow-ups from there. Yeah, really good advice. You don't want to be carving away your, uh, your margin all the time, do you? No, that's exactly it. And, you know, you don't want to – you don't also don't want to devalue your product. Um, or your is, brand. Yeah, which is something that – a trap that can really be easily fallen into. For sure. And I think what, what you were talking about earlier about, you know, explaining your, your unique points of difference and the benefits of your products, you should have those stories clearly defined before you're embarking on these sorts of uh, flows or sequences because you, you want to be given giving authentic information and, and, be, and really know what messages are going to engage best with your customers, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, just thinking about your brand and, and who your ideal customer might be. And most merchants that I meet, you know, they are their ideal customer. That's why they've created the store and they have this product. For sure. Um, so, um, you know, I think sometimes it can be easy for us to, you know, remove ourselves from um, things and try and think about it analytically. Or when we're trying to come up with marketing, maybe we look at some brands that we might really like their marketing and try and emulate them when really what all we need to be doing is be being really true to ourselves and what our product is and what our brand is. Um, because at the end of the day, these people that have clicked on your ad or if they've seen you somewhere and they've looked you up and they've gone to your website, you know, that's half the battle is getting the attention and getting someone there. Um, totally. Once they're on the site, you just want to be hitting them with messaging that's reinforcing that initial decision that um, this is a brand that fits with their lifestyle. Absolutely. What's the most common mistake you guys see Shopify and e businesses making? 
I, I would probably say overusing discounts um, would be something that's quite common uh, with a so lot of the, the aforementioned carving up their margins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, it's very, very easy to um, set something up and, and forget about, um, you know, a discount that's been left here, a discount that's been left there. Um, right. Some of the great things about these email platforms is that these days they, they can have really tight integrations with Shopify. So you can create um, codes to be unique. So when someone joins a mailing list, they get emailed a unique discount code rather than a generic one. Sure, um, so they can only use it once and they can't share it around. Exactly, yeah. I see lots and lots of merchants um, when we, we do an analysis of their store and we're seeing that, you know, 40 or 50% of their checkouts include a discount code. Yeah. Um, and it's because there's maybe some generic coupon code that's been um, that's been offered up and um, it allows people to game the system and really um, be cheating the store out of 10% of their margin every single time. Yeah, um, okay. Another really common thing that I think a lot of stores don't take advantage of um, is looking at the average order value, looking at what maybe the average discount they offer is, and having a look at the cost of some of their products. So um, I have a few examples of clients where I've worked with in the past where they've said, you know, for a sign-up incentive, I'm happy to offer 15 or 20%. And if we look at they have a, their average cart value of, let's say, $100, they're willing to give away 15 or $20 a sale. Yeah, for a new customer. But if you look at their products and their margins, they might actually have quite a lot of nice value add products that cost them only ten or twelve dollars to make, um, and maybe those are retailing for thirty or forty dollars. So um, it can be a good time to ask yourself a question: in that, um, would I be better off offering a free gift um, of this sure. product that has a perceived value of fifty dollars, but really sure. only cost me ten dollars to manufacture and ship? Um, and if I give away this product for free, I'm only giving away $10 of cost to me. Whereas if I give away, you know, $20 in margin, that's 20 bucks. Um, completely, completely. And, and, and uh, throwing around discounts and coupon codes can be a little cheapening as well and a little generic. Right. If, you're giving, if you're giving another product away or, as you say, call it a gift, well, it might have a nicer feel as well. Exactly. Like you, you might get a perceived value that's greater because someone's thinking, well, I'm sure. not just getting $20 off, I'm getting $50 off. And you totally. can potentially be exposing your customers to um, a, a category of your products or collections that you have that they not, not they would have otherwise not purchased from. Um, this is a really, really good strategy. If you're a high-end brand and you have high-value products, it's very important not to cheapen the brand and cheapen the product. Um, yeah. So a way that you can... Um, complement a sale um, is by offering a free gift and this works fantastically well if you're in a technology space um, and you have a product that can amplify your MVP product so you know if you sell um, maybe uh, speakers and you have a relatively cheap amp that you can sell to go with it um, that might really be highly incentivizing to someone to make that purchase because they're thinking, I'm going to have an even better experience for free. And if they're looking at you versus a competitor, it could be a really compelling reason to buy your speaker over a competitor's because you're going to give them a better experience by offering this free product that's going to be of much more value to them than getting 10% off with your competitor. Yeah, absolutely. There are very, very good tips indeed, mate. Um, 
we're talking obviously all about customer journey and, and retaining customers and communicating with customers and segmenting them and giving them relevant v- messaging and, you know, valuable messaging. What, why is this whole concept of customer journey and customer value so important in e-commerce? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where particularly, you know, with the scale at which we're able to grow brands online these, online these days, um, it can easily be forgotten that when we scale up really quickly, we're actually adding lots and lots of little sub-demographics of customers to our database. And okay. each one of those little demographics have a very different maybe purchase habit or, um, or need to interact with your brand. Um, you know, traditionally, a lot of brands would be looking at segmentation from simple points of view like male or female. You know, if you're a, a clothing brand, you want to send all your uh, male clothes to your male subscribers and your female clothes to your female subscribers. Um, but these days, some of the things that are actually far more relevant in terms of segmentation is has someone placed one order with us in the past or five orders with us in the past or not? Yeah. Um, and if you're going to look at something like we've got Black Friday coming up, for example, um, in yeah. a couple of months. So um, a really simple thing that brands could look at is um, taking the you know top 500 customers that they have and giving them early access to your Black Friday sale. Um, okay. That's, that sort of thing um, by, you know, maybe sending out a coupon code uh, to those people 24 hours before the sale and saying, look, tomorrow everything's going to be 30% off, but you can get it today before anything sells out. You can shop 24 hours, use this code. It's going to expire at midnight tonight. Um, you've got 24 hours to use this before anything sells out. Something yeah, like that yeah. in terms of segmentation yeah. can go a very long way to building loyalty with your customers. Sure. Sure. Um, and then similarly, with if you're running your campaigns in a non-sale period um, and you're going to do something like um, maybe a product release or something like that, again, segmenting out people that have been loyal can be a really good way to ensure they get first dibs on a product. But also, if you've got a, if you segment your database and you find that actually, you know, 20 or 30% of my database has never purchased from me um, and they've been on the you know, I've been collecting them for maybe the better part of 12 months and, you know, only 20% of them ever open an email. Um, it can give you a much better idea of actually how much am I spending to have these customers on my database? How much am I spending with my email software? And what can I be doing to send these people a very specific, very tailored message to generate some revenue from them? And, yeah. uh, convince them other you know to buy a product because maybe they're not going to be that interested in a new product launch because they still haven't purchased our MVP products. You know, they're they're really not bought in yet. So maybe do I have a campaign strategy specifically for them that isn't just about this new product that I'm launching, but how it integrates with my MVP product and why now's a great time to get that and this other product that we're releasing is new. Yeah, okay. That's really interesting. Um if your clients, you know, share any common characteristics or, or, or challenges or objectives, what are some of the most common ones and where do they want to focus, you know, what, they, what do they want to achieve when they first come and speak to you guys at NZN? Yeah, I'd say um, conversion rate optimization is probably one of the most common things that people come uh, to us with. And, For sure. Um, yeah, and the other one would, would be looking at their database and, and generally just how can they get more out of it, um, whether that's yeah. you know, basically from an email marketing point of view or um, if that's looking at automations that they have or haven't got set up in, in solving problems. So the most common ones would, would almost certainly be um, you know onboarding those customers, getting uh, 
salvaging more abandoned carts and moving people from first or second purchase to third and, and fourth and fifth purchase. So how can we keep customers coming back? Yeah, yeah um, that makes sense. Yeah, those are really the main struggles that pe- people are coming to us to overcome. Yeah, and, 100%. Yeah, and for us it's usually just a case of, of breaking the data down into those segments and, and getting a really strong idea of what does the landscape of your customer actually look like. It's not uncommon for us to work with some fashion brands that have been really successful on Instagram and they might have databases of up to 100 or 120,000, but they yeah. might only have 20,000 unique customers. Um, so what are they doing with that other 80 to 100,000 email addresses that are sitting there okay. in the database? Um, why haven't they been able, yeah, why haven't they been able to convert them to date and what can we do to help them convert some of that data and salvage some of that work that they've done in collecting that data? Um, and then how can we focus in on that really high-performing uh, 20% of people that are customers to ensure that they're staying around for as long as possible? Yeah, hundred percent. So you're talking about you know 120 in the in the database. What where's the sweet spot for a starting point? Like where does a database start to become, you know, valuable and you can do something tangible with it? At what number? It's a difficult thing to quantify from a database point of view because it probably relies a lot more on your products. You know, I've seen really successful brands with databases of only ten thousand. Um, but okay. you know, maybe they have quite a high value product. Um, or it's a product with a really high repeat purchase rate. So it's something, you know, um, whether it be a health food or something like that, where people are coming back constantly, where you don't necessarily need tens of thousands of customers to be generating good revenue. Um, It comes down more to your product mix and um, I guess what need you're fulfilling for the customer and how often they need to purchase. But I would say for most people, um, when your database is going to be getting valuable easily at the five to 10,000 mark, you should be able to be generating um, some money, uh, like some, you know, a couple of grand from, from your database uh, monthly. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's good advice. That's where I thought it probably would be at. For the, uh, that's mm. good to hear. So, you know, you can mention specific brands if you like, but you don't have to. Do you have some, you know, real life case studies or examples of client projects you can, um, take us through quickly in terms of you know challenges and solutions and and the outcomes that were achieved. Yeah, of course. So we've actually we've got uh, some case studies on our website. So uh, just a shameless plug: if anyone wants to jump onto anzen.com.au uh, and click on case studies, uh, we've got a few on there, um, and they they do dive uh, fairly deep into some of the specific things that we've done for brands and why they've worked and some of the results. So um, a good one as an example, um, a company that we've worked with for a little while called Muscle Nation. So they're an activewear brand. Um, Okay. Yeah, been around for a couple of years uh, and doing some really great things. They've built just an amazing brand, incredible community on Instagram. Um, They have a really, really strong customer focus and that comes out i guess in the way that their customers respond to their brand as well that um it's just a really good two-way relationship but yeah. they're a really good example where they came to us um using active campaign and they had a big database and they were doing pretty well from email and um you know their founders are pretty savvy and that set up some pretty good things on their own um, but they were got they'd gotten to the point where they were focusing on the business and they really needed someone to to take over managing the emails and managing that automation. And we were able to really, really quickly put some things in place, um, improve their abandoned cart rate. Um, we're actually able to 
more than three times the improve that rate um, wow. in terms of how many carts we were salvaging a day. Um, and we were also able to put in a series that rewarded sort of more officially rewarded long-term customers as well. Okay. Um, so we were looking at um, sort of spend tiers and what were some of the higher echelons of tiers that people were spending and at what point could we introduce some rewards and let people know that actually, you know, there's some secret targets in the back here where um, if you hit these levels, we let you in um, to these groups. And uh, if you keep hitting these different targets, um, you'll get these rewards. Okay. Um, And by doing that, we were able to actually implement um, three different series, which are, convert at 10% each. So um, one in 10 people that we enter into these milestone series um, converting within seven days of being introduced to whatever tier oh, no. that they're being introduced at. Wow. Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And interestingly there, you know, we offer quite a healthy incentive for those people. Um, and um, we actually find that the, what they spend far exceeds the discount that we're giving them um, to the point where it actually increases the average order value up to above what they otherwise had been spending anyway. Um, So yeah, I mean, it shows, I guess when you, when you build a strong brand and you can um, repay some of that faith in customers and give them rewards, um, they'll more than repay you for it. They're going to respond positively. Yeah. So just for them as an example, um, on what they've been spending with us, we've made them uh, 28 times their investment with us over eight months. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so it's very impressive. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good sort of metric to be able to have, but it also speaks to you know what we set up in, in terms of automation. It's working for you all the time, and it's it starts working from day one, um, and yeah. every day that revenue is building. Um, yeah. So, yeah. You know, by filling these gaps, um, you're creating ways for your customers to engage with your brand on their terms. You know, some of your customers might be shopping at one o'clock in the morning, or you know, you might be an Australian e-commerce store, but you might have customers in America that are, um, you know, opening your campaigns in American time and um, performing actions on your website in American time. So, being able to create automations that are triggered off what your customers are doing and their engagements and their behaviour allows them to personalize their own experience and when they're receiving their emails or, you know, whatever it is, whatever automated campaigns they're getting um, and just makes it much more personal and targeted to them and it puts it on their terms. Yeah, 100%. That's um, that's amazing results and, yeah, very, very good advice. I mean, everything should be about the customer, shouldn't it? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the um, I think a lot of brands are, are doing their best to create those relationships and this is just another tool in your armory really where you can be putting that brand message and putting all those um, all those things about your brand that are unique and delivering them in a way that is accessible for your customers or prospective customers as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, even though e-commerce is, is you know, it's very, becoming more and more and more common, it's a very common area to do business in and for retailing and, it's been, you know, e-commerce is just becoming commerce and just the way people need to retail. But what are the, what are the challenges in e-com that, that are unique to the space, do you think? It's a good question. I, I think one of the challenges in e-com is probably one of its biggest advantages in that um, the digital landscape changes so quickly. 
Um, oh, this is going to be a great segue to my next question. There. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things. I mean, a perfect example was sort of the boom of Messenger earlier this year, and then the sort of the trickle off and over the last couple of months. And but really, I expect it to be coming back around um, sooner rather than later. But um, you know, Facebook sort of created these endpoints and made it possible for messenger marketing and things like that. And yeah. brands were very, very quick to jump on it um, and, you know, quick to start gathering up permissions and start sending automated messages out by messenger. Um, yeah. And then Facebook has now made it a little bit more difficult to collect those permissions and allow people to send those messages. But okay. um, I think that's sort of a reactionary, you know, look, they're testing the market and seeing what their users respond to and what they don't. Um, sure. But it's a really good example of, you know, you could open up a channel to a merchant and um, you could start driving really quick revenue and start really shifting your game plan and maybe even some of your resource or some of your marketing spend into a channel and then overnight have the people that own that channel change their mind and switch it off to you. So the challenges are the fast, the fast moving landscape and the opportunities that emerge, but then those opportunities uh, fade away as well. So you've got that, that combination of needing to be, you know, ahead of the curve, I guess, and quick to take on and test new new opportunities. Yeah, and you know, I guess approaching new technologies in a with a long term vision. I think if you approach something, Messenger is a good example where. And, you know, if you had got on it early and you did have those permissions, it's still a great resource to have now. And really, like, it's it's still completely possible to be using it effectively now. For sure, for um, sure. And I, I think you need to go into having that game plan of thinking about it long term and thinking, well, okay, if they switch this off, what would I be left with? And, you know, is it worth, you know, how can I incorporate this into my strategy that's actually organic, that's going to resonate with my customers? You know, it's not going to look like some weird out of place thing. If, if you've got, if your customers are predominantly 50 plus and male, they're probably not on Instagram, you know. So if there's a great new Instagram feature that reaches out, it's probably not worth you investing a bunch of time and energy into. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think the, that it, it's equally as much of a challenge as an opportunity the way that technology and the landscape can change really quickly. Totally. And, and for something we heard when we are at Unite in June was that, that they're going to be, you know, they are going to be expanding what Messenger is capable of as well. And, and um, Facebook particularly talking about, you know, this idea of frictionless frictionless mm-hmm. commerce where you're putting the, the products closer and closer to the, to the customer in the channel that they're in and allowing yeah. them to do, you know, more research, more browsing and, and then more purchasing in channel and not having to Absolutely. actually go to the website itself. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it... it Ultimately, Messenger, I was just using it as an example, but I think it's something that's going to grow a lot because, you know, Facebook, are, sure. they want it to work and they know that it can work and that it can create convenient experiences for their users. It's just about striking the balance right now and getting it right. But, um, you know, there's totally. so much opportunity even now, you know, something that we're doing often for people is um, when it comes to Messenger, having pop-ups, say, on the cart page or on the checkout page to say, um, do you want to get your shipping notifications sent via Messenger? as well yeah. um it's a really easy way to get messenger permissions from people um yeah. and it creates an opportunity where um actually if you're the end user that's great you know they would love to be getting their sh- shipping updates via messenger because a lot of them don't always want to be checking their email and to find their shipping con notes and stuff like that completely no 100 percent um, so let's keep on this track, uh, Jason, of, you know, evolution and, and technology changing quickly. What, what are you and the Ad and Zen team, 
see emerging now that's going to affect e-commerce in the next year or two? Um, I mean, some of the big changes are going to be, I guess, around um, some of the checkout experiences and how we're able to improve that. Um, okay. I think there are some things that Shopify are doing to try and make things easier, particularly, you know, if you're a, a store that um, has customers in different countries and, and you know, maybe not at the level yet where you're creating different stores for each region, um, how can it be a little bit more seamless for the people in those different regions to check out in their own currencies yeah. and things like that? Whereas um, previously that's been a, uh, you haven't been able to do a lot in that section of Shopify, have you? Yeah, exactly. Um, something that I'm seeing more and more as well, I think, is as a lot of the platforms that we use um, mature, is that the integrations are getting much, much better between a lot of this, the out-of-the-box software in, in Shopify um, and okay. we're able to build much more complete customer pitches, um, which is something that in the B2B world has been around for a long time. You know, you've got these cloud-based platforms that have really worked towards a single customer view, um, something that you yeah. hear a lot in B2B. Um, for sure. But I think in e-commerce, it's starting to be more and more consistent. You know, I, I was working with a merchant the other day. Um, they were using uh, Klaviyo, Recharge, Smile, uh, Just Uno, and there may have been another app in there as well. Um, and so they've got, you know, Klaviyo for their emails and automation, uh, Just Uno for their pop-ups and data capture, Recharge for their subscription billing, and Smile yeah. um, for their customer loyalty. And yeah. All of those different apps not only spoke to Shopify, but they all spoke to each other as well. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And then the way that that interplays is that, you know, as each app is collecting different data on people, whether that's how many points balance they have in their VIP tier or how many pop-ups they've seen um, in Justuno or um, whether they've purchased a subscription or canceled a subscription, all of that feeding into Klaviyo and then all of that feeding into when you're building an automation, being able to make decisions around, um, you know, this person has just placed an order and they haven't, they're not on a subscription with us. So let's send them an email that explains our subscription offering. Um, and I can see from Smile that they've actually got enough reward points that they can take $10 off their next purchase. So I'll let them know that if they subscribe, you know, they might get a discount um, and they've got this many loyalty points. Um, so having all of those apps speak to each other is now empowering merchants to be able to much more easily create a journey for customers that feels completely seamless. They don't yeah, everyone wins from, that, from those sorts of integrations. Everyone wins. The app developers win. The customer wins. The merchant wins. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's advantageous to everyone in the picture. Yeah, I think Akendo must have been the other app that I was thinking as well. Yeah, and then so you can also be pulling in have they left a review or not, you know, and all sure. these sorts of things um, just pulling in together. And from a one-to-one -one customer experience, it's really seamless. They feel like it's really personalized and that the brand's actually making everything easy for them and giving them everything that they need. But yeah. also um, on the marketing point of view, your ability to now be pulling things into emails. So, you know, pulling in your latest Akendo reviews to show in the email um, you know, taking that user-generated data that's being generated in some of these other apps and pulling that into your marketing um, yeah. so that you can actually use it for prospective customers to show them, hey, look at our tribe, look how great our customers are, don't you want to come and join us? Yeah, 100%. It's that uh, authentic endorsement that comes from uh, seeing what other customers think of the product, obviously, when it's positive. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I mean, that is fantastic. You have uh, covered a lot of territory, uh, Jason. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think on that, looking at my timer, we can probably wrap it up. Um, Thanks heaps for jumping on uh, the Cuts podcast with us. It's great to meet you first last week and really good to have you on board here um on the potty so yeah thanks to everyone at anzen and um we really look forward to uh connecting with you guys again down the track you have been uh, a mine of information mate no worries thank you very much um yeah it was great to be on and obviously uh looking forward to being able to come and speak at one of those wonderful events that you have one day another reason to get over to perth um totally we would love to have you come over to keynote that would be awesome and um let we should talk about that some more for sure i think um judging by what you've been talking about in the podcast you'd be giving uh, massive massive value cheers uh glad to hear it and yeah you know if uh, i hope for the people listening you've been able to get some good uh insights and maybe some ideas on places to start and um yeah obviously if you need any help feel free to reach out totally thanks again jason it's been awesome thanks mate have a good one What a fantastic interview. I'm sure you'll agree, guys. And our thanks go out again to Jason and the team at Anzen. Um, There's a man who knows a lot about uh, email marketing for e-commerce. There are so many wins to be had in this space. Um, We're having these conversations all the time with our clients, um, and they tend to focus on return on investment um, because by deploying these automations, um, segmenting your database um, and really giving customers content that they want, you're going to be winning. Thanks very much for listening. If you want to feature on our podcast, hit us up anytime at The Cut. We're happy to include merchants, agencies and app developers. Um, You can hit our website. We've got plenty more content there. Uh, Until next time, Shopify till you dropify. Thanks for listening. Access e-commerce expertise from The Cut anytime. Visit thecut.net.au and connect on Facebook and LinkedIn.